The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network. You can always log on to inthemoneypodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have the Owner's Box, but also shows such as the Players Podcast, JK Plus One, The Matt Bernier Show, Red Board Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to inthemoneypodcast.com. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Owner's Box, one of our last editions of the year. I'm Billy Koch. I'm the founder and managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me, as always, is the great, the talented, the amazing, the fabulous Michelle Yu. Michelle, what is going on? Oh, it's, I feel like it's been forever since we've talked, Billy. I know. I miss you. I miss you, too. I just honestly, the last like two weeks have been um, kid stuff, right? So like Vegas was three weeks ago. My brother got married. Wow. We had like, all kinds of school events. And then this week I'm trying to like make memories with my kids. So like took them to like the Olivia likes to go the cook on your table place, you know, Teppin. Yeah. So we did that and I went to the indoor playground and then yesterday we took them up to the snow to go tubing. So just and- so basically just get away from horse racing for a little bit. Well, not exactly, because every morning, you know, obviously Ryan still works, and then we've got uh, nine babies that we're breaking, so we're doing that before we do anything else fun, which is why I want to do stuff with the kids, because they're pretty much just stuck at the farm every day, (laughs) although Olivia did get a saddle for Christmas, and she has been riding every day. Very good for Olivia. Listen, we are going to get all into our uh, holiday week routine. We're going to talk about the most exciting day or one of the most exciting days. I mean, it is the most exciting day for a lot of people, and that's opening day Santa Anita, which is the day after Christmas on Sunday. But before we do that, we have a very special guest, Michelle. And I was going to do the whole um, smart list thing where I just make you guess, but you know... I I figured I would let you in on the secret. It is basically our biggest fan and the owner of Hot Rod Charlie, Bill Strauss, is joining us today, Michelle. Bill, welcome to the show. Hey, Bill. Hey, nice to be here. And I am your biggest fan, and I'm only one of the owners of Hot Rod Charlie, but I appreciate that introduction. Yes. Well, you know, Bill, I mean, ever since you came on the show, it was right after the Louisiana Derby when you basically took over the world with that interview, the passion, the fun, the excitement. And then um, for the last probably 30 episodes of The Owner's Box, we have mentioned you on every show. Is that true? (laughs) That is true. I said I wanted you to do it, and you actually have. And uh, I always enjoy listening just to hear my name being mentioned. That's And that's exactly (laughs) how it should be. So I, I I guess, Michelle, one of the reasons we had Bill on not only is because he's also our favorite guest, uh, the, there was a big vote recently for the Vox Populi, which is like the most popular horse of the year, and it went to none other than, drumroll please, Michelle, <laughs> Hot Rod Charlie. Bill, congratulations. How, how did that feel? That's a pretty cool honor. It's a really cool honor. I mean, you know, he's always felt like the people's horse to us because the attention that he gets. I mean, you had to see around Breeders' Cup week. I mean, people just constantly going to his stable. Doug finally had to post a sign. You know, stay away, nobody's allowed, because, you know, he's usually a cool horse and he rests. Uh, but anyway, but he's felt like the people's horse ever since Louisiana, and I think this kind of m- memorializes that. 
And I think boat racing has a great social network as well. So I think that helped a little bit with the voting, but he really is. And we've always felt it like the people's horse. And it, it's really, it's a real honor. Uh, and we're going to be, you know, recognized and there's going to be a dinner uh, at, San, at Santa Anita the first week in January. So really looking forward to it. And it, it just continues the amazing ride Charlie has given us this whole year. Really, this is actually the quintessential horse for the Vox Populi Award. It was pretty much invented to, you know, pay credence to horses that might not win an Eclipse Award, um, but captured the fans' imagination and hearts. And I think that's like 100% Charlie. Yeah, I agree. I'd much rather win the Eclipse Award and win the Breeders' Cup Classic. But this is a great, uh, this is a great outcome as well. Is, uh, is Charlie going to be in attendance for the dinner? Not the dinner, but the next day they have this poster of him at Santa Anita, whatever the Saturday is, January 6th. I think it's January 6th is a Saturday. So they're having posters. And they're going to have us there autographing it. And he will be paraded out. The only question is, will Lava Man lead him, lead him on the track? <laughs> but he will be there for that. But no, the dinner, he has to stay home and eat his own food. He's on a special diet. <laughs> of course he is. Bill Strauss joining us on the Owner's Box. Bill, I have a question for you. We, we, we talk so much about the highs and the lows of this game. You and I spent a lot of time together leading up to the Breeders' Cup Classic. And Charlie goes out his first time facing older horses. He runs into a buzzsaw and Nick's go. And listen, as great as he's been all year... He, he, ran a, he ran a very good race, not much to be disappointed with, except for maybe just the outcome. But how did you take that? Yeah, I was very disappointed. My expectation was very high. And, I mean, like you say, the highs and lows in this game, the year with Charlie has really exemplified those highs and years for us. You know, we win a grade one, at, you know, the, the Haskell, and we get taken down. Uh, then we win another grade one, the race after that, the Pennsylvania Derby, and there's an inquiry. I mean, so... It's been real highs and lows with him. He's really uh, taken us just for a great ride. But I have to tell you, going to the Breeders' Cup Classic, I thought he would run better. Win, lose, or draw, I thought he would run better. Yeah, clearly the Breeders' Cup Classic was a disappointment, at least for me. I can't speak for the other partners. But for me, it was clearly a disappointment. And a disappointment is a difference between expectation and actual results. And I think our expectation was just so high uh, going into the race. He was doing great. He was coming up to the race well. All signs were pointing for a big race, and he just didn't deliver the caliber race that we were expecting. Ran a great race, ran fourth, proud of him, but just it was a disappointment for sure. What was post-race, were there any discussions of what we could have done differently? I know obviously you're very close with Pratt, obviously you're close with Doug O'Neill. What was the post-race reaction from the Breeders' Cup Classic? Post-race reaction was we all thought we were 1-9 to nine going for home when they turned for home. And he just didn't kick in like he normally does. Uh, we're all a bit of a loss. Uh, you know, it's one of those, okay, you know, turn the page. Because yep. uh, there, there is no explanation that we can think of. Look, maybe he didn't like the track. Maybe he shouldn't have been on the inside. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe all that attention I talked about a few minutes ago, you know, he wasn't in his normal routine with resting. Who knows? You know what? If, if only they could speak, we would know. But we don't know. And he's been training great coming out of that race. Well, the tri the Twitter aggregators will figure it out for you, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> the, the the now you you move on. He's going to make his first start of the year. Uh, actually, sorry, his first start since the Breeders' Cup. His last start of 2021 um, opening day at Santa Anita. That's got to be exciting. He bounced right back. How's he doing? And and what kind of uh, race are we looking forward to on uh, Sunday? Yeah, you know he is doing great. And you mentioned earlier how. 
you know, you look forward to opening day at Santa Anita. To me, it is my favorite day of, of the year for racing. Just every year, I look forward to December 26th. Uh, but he has doing. He's continued to train forwardly. Uh, Flavian's really happy with him. Doug's happy with him. The guys in the barn are happy. We're, we're expecting a big race. I mean, we'll be really disappointed if he doesn't win this one. I mean, look, it's a tough race. There's some really good horses in there. Uh, but we will be disappointed if he doesn't win, and we are expecting a big performance from him come uh, Sunday. I know you. Ooh, oh, that's, those I, are big. Like it's confident. after the Breeders' Cup, when you said you felt like disappointed, then it's it's really big to say I expect a win. I mean, I don't feel a lot of people step up and say like I expect this horse to win. Yeah, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have sounded that confident. I mean, <laughs> we, we, but look, it's. It's not anything other than whenever he steps on the racetrack, we expect him to win, right? right. Otherwise, right. we wouldn't enter him. I always like to enter horses where we believe they can win, and we believe Charlie is at this level. And, uh, yeah, I mean, look, we're hoping for a win, and we expect to win. Maybe I should have focused more on the hope part of it, but we are expecting <laughs> No, we, we like the confidence from you, Bill Strauss. Got, uh, real quick, because I know I promised you we weren't going to take up too much of your time today, but listen, I know we take one step at a time. But this is fantastic that a horse like Hot Rod Charlie is coming back for his four-year-old campaign in 2022. Are there any big plans? Are there kind of Dubai talks? Uh, yeah, Saudi. Are there any type of things like that that you've discussed with Doug and the partners? Yes, we have. We're uh, we're pretty committed, and we're, our goal right now is Dubai, uh, March 26th. And we might even ship a little earlier and have a prep race out there as well. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of our current thinking and the horse has to cooperate and the racing gods have to cooperate and knock on wood and everything else. But if all goes according to plan, which rarely happens in this game, <laughs> you guys know better than, than I do. Uh, that's how we put it on paper. Let's hope it uh, materializes the way that it's on paper, but that is the current plan. That's cool. a, that's a great plan. Bill, what, any other young horses, two-year-olds on the horizon, uh, or that just are about to turn three that we can look for from you from the, for the triple crown trail in 2022? Uh, you know, nothing like after the Breeders' Cup last year when Charlie, you know, ran his second at 94 to one, I was like, wow, we're on the trail. Nothing right now. We have a couple of decent ones we think in the barn, but you know, Wednesday run, that's when uh, a lot of hopes get dashed. Uh, but we do have hope for a couple of them in the barn. Uh, you know, fingers crossed, knock on wood and all the other stuff. Uh, but hopefully there are a couple that will uh, take us there again. But as you know, it's the hardest journey in racing to get to that derby. 20,000 horses fold every year and only 20 get in that gate. That's absolutely true. Bill Strauss, if you had a New Year's resolution for horse racing, I'd like to hear it. Ooh. I would say for horse racing, I'd like to see larger fields, some positive press, people really getting into understanding what goes on behind the scenes in terms of the care that the animals are, are under, uh, whether it's the grooms, the trainers, the owners, how we love those horses, and just the pure joy and excitement of owning a racehorse and being part of the game. There's just nothing like it. And uh, I hope that in 22, you know, we can start on, on that journey towards that. You're the best, my man. Great words from Bill Strauss. Wishing you the best of luck with Heart Rod Charlie this weekend. Congratulations again on the Vox Populi Award. And have a great 2022, my friend. We will continue to mention you each and every week. We appreciate you listening. And I look forward to seeing you on Sunday. We'll see you Sunday. Thank you. Take care. All right. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. All right. That's Bill Strauss here on the Owner's Box. And we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come right back. 
Just want to remind you guys that Adelphi Racing Club is a club of like-minded people who enjoy horse racing. And hey, it's the new year. It's going to be time to get into horse racing. Adelphi's founding partners have all owned horses and other partnerships and syndicates, as well as on their own. And the overachieving goal with Adelphi is to blend the benefits of solo ownership without the administrative hassle, along with the thrill of partnership experiences. Adelphi offers an interactive ownership experience with real-time access to their partners, trainers, bloodstock advisors, as well as other members of the team and they've got an exciting class of upcoming yearling prospects which are now available i have to say you guys get into it you're looking for a horse for the new year join the club check out matt m-a-t-t at adelphi racing.com a-d-e-l-p-h-i racing.com michelle i have some great news for you oh you do tell yeah. me yeah michelle do you know who won the breeders cup classic I know who won the Breeders' Cup Classic. Who it was, it? was Nick's Go. Nick's Go. Guess where he's standing next year, Michelle? Uh, mm, Taylor Made. <laughs> Got that right. Nick's Go oh, will stand at Taylor Made so next year. He's going to start at thirty thousand dollars. This big gray son of painter. Is, was the most likely to be horse of the year, uh, dominated the Breeders' Cup Classic amongst many other grade one races this year, including the uh, Whitney. Um, I think he won He won the grade three Lucas. He won so many races, I can't even count them. Uh, next go, we'll stand next year at TaylorMade. And we're back here on the owner's box. Michelle, Bill Strauss, always good to hear from. And he said... And I don't disagree with him that one of the best days of horse racing is coming up this Sunday at the Great Race Place. That's right, Santa Anita opening day, the day after Christmas this Sunday. Michelle, are you as excited as we are? Oh, I'm super excited, Billy. I mean, first of all, we've been talking about the ship and win at Santa Anita with a $5,000 cash bonus for owners that ship to Santa Anita from outside California, plus the purse bonus for the horse's earnings in its initial race. Um, you know, the, the turf racing is going to be here a lot of times. You're looking at winter racing and the dirt and the mud and the snow, and that's not the case out here at Santa Anita. I was actually at the track today, and the turf course looks beautiful. It is emerald green. That hillside turf course is absolutely sparkling. And we're going to have turf races at five, five and a half, six, six and a half, and six and a half down the hill for sprints, uh, not to mention anything that's around two turns. I mean, it's going to be awesome. And if you look, if you were part of like the overnight situation or the rundowns for the first races, the hill races were like 14, 15, 16 horses entered in there. People want to run on the grass out here in Southern California. It's where it's going to be at. So looking forward to opening day when we will get to see some of those races come to fruition, including, you know, this amazing card with six stakes races three of those grade one affairs yeah let's let i think we should talk about maybe the grade ones real quick because there are it is a it's a fantastic card first of all um let's i can go really quick through the grade twos and the first one is the san gabriel which is a mile and an eighth uh grade two two hundred thousand on the grass for older horses and that's led by hit the road who unfortunately missed the breeders cup but dan blacker appears to have him back on track and um, I'm kind of excited to see Hit the Road, to be honest with you. I love Bruce Foley getting back aboard. He's a perfect three for three when he's been aboard Hit the Road. He obviously had to make a tough choice because he was the rider for Smooth Like Straight as well. But I think it's good that Dan Blocker is going to tab back Rispoli. Um, Florent had ridden him. They were going to switch it up for Breeders' Cup, and they had actually booked Johnny V, and then Hit the Road didn't go. I... 
I like the fact that he goes back to Rispoli, who gets a lot out of this horse. I I 100% agree uh, agree with you, Michelle. Uh, go back to what worked. That's the fifth on the card at 1 p.m. Pacific. Remember, early first post, 11 a.m. Pacific on Sunday, the day after Christmas, opening day, Santa Anita. The very next race is the race we were just talking about with our very fun and interesting and just... I love Bill Strauss. San Antonio, the grade two, $200,000, a mile and a 16th. And it is led by none other than Hot Rod Charlie. We've talked about him a lot. But he's still, I think the Breeders' Cup, as Bill said, Michelle, probably left a little to prove here against older horses, right? Well, I mean, to be fair, the second and third place finisher in that race were actually three-year-olds, not older horses. Yeah. I think that I would have liked to see Hot Rod Charlie a little bit closer to the pace. We've seen him do some good running from up in front. No one was catching Nick's go, as you um, so savvily predicted. Thank you. And they let that horse get loose. Um, Also, I felt like he was coming up the inside, and that might not have been the easiest place for him to be. So. I think 100% he can rebound here. I want to see a little bit more of an aggressive ride. I'm not saying he has to send, but a lot of these horses are kind of like, I like to be near the lead maybe, (laughs) Um, you know, but not necessarily like gunning for it. The only thing I could see is unless they decide to gun eight rings to set it up for Aslo Coast. Maybe. Yes, yes, yes. But you have to do your, what's best for your horse, right? And I, I think that, Charlie needs to be close. It'll be an interesting race for sure. The very next race is the grade two Mathis uh, Mathis Mile. It used to be the Mathis Brothers Mile. Remember, Michelle? I don't know if you remember that. It's- I almost just called it that. Now it's the Santa Anita Mathis Mile, grade two, 200,000. This is for three-year-olds at a mile on the grass. And again, it looks like a wide open bunch here, Michelle. Uh, no real standout in here. Uh, although we do have Breon Brilliant that just won the grade one Hollywood Derby. He was a big price that day. He got an easy lead that day. Can he go wire to wire again, Michelle? I mean, that was the key, right? He was on a lone lead that day with no one around him and he was able to hold on today. I feel like there might be one other horse that is going to try and push him. And that's Cane Creek road for Doug O'Neill. Um, so it's not going to be as easy. And he is going to have DeJour back in town. And DeJour, I feel like, has some quality to him. He's got some back class to lean on. So he's not going to be a walk in the park. Beyond brilliant, could try to take him gate to wire. But overall, he's going to have to show some improvement to me if he's going to win this. I would agree with you, Michelle. I think he could be tough in here. Comes off that big grade one win. It, it's 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 not the uh, deepest field in the world. It's a good field, and it'll be an interesting uh, tactical race on the grass at Santa Anita. Michelle, I'm not in L.A. right now. I'm back in Kentucky, but I've hear, I'm hearing there's a lot of rain. Do you think that could affect uh-huh. the uh, turf course on opening uh-huh. day? I mean, they've already shut down the track for training on Friday, which is the day before Christmas, um, due to the possibility of weather. So far, it actually hasn't been bad here. We did uh, last week or 10 days ago. I think it's coming. I think it's coming tomorrow. Significant amount of water. Yeah. But for. For right now, I mean, it's sunny and clear, but if you look at the weather forecast, you can definitely see the storms rolling in, and it's supposed to pour tomorrow and Friday. All right, after our bevy of grade twos, we go right to the uh, La Brea, a grade one for three-year-old fillies, $300,000, and this race is led by Private Mission, who uh, was 10-to-1 in the Breeders' Cup distaff. 
uh, ran a very bad race that day, just came up empty. (laughs) I I don't know how else to say it. Um, She should be uh, very tough in here. Living my best life has won two straight stakes races for John Sadler and our good friend, uh, Hronis Racing. You have a horse like Missy P, who they're talking about, who is coming back after throat surgery. So this I liked her before. I liked her against the boys even. Obviously, she had an issue that sidelined her. She's been training. Woo! Yeah. Interesting Interesting race. I think an interesting horse is this canoodling on the rail for our good friend Mike Pipey, uh, previously trained by Todd Fincher, who comes in uh, have won, having won four of her last five. Her last two have been open lengths at race places like Zia Park and Albany. Six of 12 lifetime, big long. I, she, I don't know if she'll be a big long shot, but she should be a good She's price. Eight to one morning line. Eight to one morning line. There you go. So you skip a couple races. The card continues with the grade one Malibu. And I think, Michelle, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say this probably is the race that everybody is looking for on su- forward to on Sunday. You think probably or I mean, you have the matchup and they're right next to each other. You have Dr. Shivel, who was obviously a, a, a crushing hard luck second by a nose to Aloha West in the Breeders' Cup sprint. And then you have this freak of a horse named Fright Flightline owned by Hronis Racing and West Point Thoroughbreds. Obviously, Dr. Shivel is Red Baron's barn and Rancho Temescal, our good friend Mark Glatt. So, Michelle, what what is going to happen in this race? I mean, here's the thing, right? Right. Like, I'm, I'm listening. Gonna come I'm listening. Off, and we're going to see Flightline go out and open up. I don't know if anyone's going to go with Flightline. And they're going to have to catch him, right? I don't think Flightline's coming back to anybody. And his best weapon is going to be his speed because at to this point, no one's even looked him in the eye. He's just gone about his day, and he's pretty sure that he's in a race all by himself, right? Yep. The, the best chance for someone to beat him is to have someone go out and put it to flight line so he can see what it feels like to be tested. But I don't know who that's going to be. <laughs> yeah, I don't think – I think he's just too fast for everybody. I think it's going to be one of those races where it probably spreads out a little bit. Um, obviously, you and I are both uh, big Dr. Shivel fans. Obviously, also baby – surprised that um, Baffert didn't enter something else in to, like, make sure – like. Just no. soften it up a little bit for triple tap. I'm really not. I'm really okay. not. I, you know, that he's gonna put, he's gonna take a shot with triple tap. Uh, and I think, you know, I think triple tap is sneaky. Um, yeah, he's two for I two. Don't think he's sneaky. I he's, think it's blatantly in your face that this horse is good. He's good. They went really fast, obviously at Del Mar, and he rolled past them late. I mean, I, it rarely do you see in the comments in the racing forum where it says inhaled foe. Um, he's been favored, big favored in both his starts. He's been training. He's been firing bullets left and right, just like Flightline. And I think if someone decides to try to take it to Flightline and take a little bit of his sting away, um, triple tap could be tough. Obviously, you and I are both, we're both fans of Dr. Shivel and how game, game he is. It's going to be a really fun race to watch. I think that's the most exciting race of the day, and it should be an absolute blast. But the last one is also a great race. It's the Grade One American Oaks. It goes as the eleventh. Wait, 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 Billy, what? back what? it up there. What? What I do? I want to know who your pick is. Am I picking to win or am I picking to gamble? Uh, who do you think is going to win the race? You know what? Here's what I'm going to say. I think Flightline gets beat. How about that? I'm gonna go. Okay. I I'm gonna go, 
and, and I you can't bet on him anyway because he's probably going to be heavily favored. And I think what that does from a gambling standpoint in your horizontals and your verticals or whatever we want to call them, I think Dr. Shivel and Triple Tap both become interesting plays just because of the amount of money I expect to be bet on flight line. And I've seen big favorites go down on, on days like this, on opening day of Santa Anita, uh, when all the attention is there. And this will be the first time, with all due respect to Escape Route and Bruto and Parnelli and Naismith, has Flightline, although he is brilliant, has he faced anything like Dr. Shivel or a horse like Triple Tap? No. And He's so, faced nothing like Dr. Shivel, right? right? And that's, that's kind of where... And, and look... You want to get sneaky. Remember all the hype for Baby Yoda when he was purchased privately and he ran 114 buyer at Saratoga in an allowance race. He was he was three to two against following C, who actually has come back and now won a grade one, I believe, in the Vosburg. Uh, and then I don't know what happened at Mountaineer, but he ships all the way out for Bill Mott, right? Um, he draws Which the Bill rail. Mott does not ship out here an awful lot. And he draws the rail, Michelle, and he's fast. So what do you think he has to do? He has to at least be in the race, I imagine, if they want any shot from the rail going seven ace, right? I, I don't know. So I, I think it's interesting. I would play, if I was gambling, I'd play against Flightline. I think he's a brilliant horse. I think he's a freak of nature. He might win by five, six, seven lengths and draw off again. But for my money on a big day like this, I would, I'd play against him. How's that? Fair enough. Okay. 11th, the American Oaks. It is a grade one, $300,000, a mile and a quarter for three-year-old fillies. And this race is a this really- This is the last grade one of the year, This is the, the last grade one of the year to absolutely repeat what Michelle just said. And it, it features Glowing Global, who figures to be a, a pretty sizable favorite. All this filly's done is runs won six of seven races this year for Phil D'Amato. And a group that includes Michael Dubb and Gervitz and Netwig. Uh, she just beat Older in the grade two gold Kova. She comes into this race in absolute fine farm. The only question with Glowing Global is the mile and a quarter distance. But the way she finished up in the gold Kova and the Delmar Oaks, I don't see any reason she can't get a mile and a quarter. She definitely looks good. And she's beaten some of the foes that she's going to be facing here. There's... Nothing you can say negative about going global no. uh, in, in all honesty. Yeah. I mean, the one race she lost at Del Mar, she kind of got stuck on the inside, had a little bit too much to do that day and got beat by Madone, who I know you, I think you had her that day in one of those contests. Um, yeah. I think there's some interesting horses in here. Uh, you know, I, if I you're looking. Queen Goddess, by the way. I've been a big fan of hers since she was unveiled. She was like one of my post-it play picks. Yep. Um on debut and then next time out so i've backed her all along i think that you can chalk up her qe2 to her not liking the ground um which unfortunately there is going to be some weather so we don't know what the ground is going to be like but should we dry out or not get as much weather as anticipated and the ground is firm then i think that she stands a big chance i'm going to give you i'm going to give you one price play and okay. I don't oh, have the. I don't, I don't Olivia's have, saying hi. She's who, whispered hi like ten times. Who is saying hi? Olive. Oh, hi, Olive. How are you? Merry Christmas. She's gone. I kicked her out. Oh, you kicked her out. <laughs> I'm gonna give you a little kind of sneaky try filler possible upsetter. Do I don't have the morning line odds, but you have to tell me. And okay. we we do this all the time in horse racing. It's called the other. And I'm gonna say the other Damato Burgu Alley. Her her numbers. Uh -huh. Her numbers are constantly improving. And I talked to Phil recently. We were just shooting the shit. 
And he told me that this filly wants every part of a mile and a quarter. Really? Yeah. He said, do not worry. This horse can get a mile and a quarter. He was talking her up. She's been training with um, very well with Going Global. And you get Raspoli. What's her price, Michelle? Do you have her morning line? I do. Yeah. She is six to one. All right. And she may drift somewhere in that. I think that's a really good kind of bringing home. If you can beat flight line and you can beat, um, and you can beat, uh, uh, um, going global with her stable mate, uh, it could be interesting. I thought that was just an interesting, interesting kind of price play for just, just, got just for one, like negative for her. What's that? Is that she never wins races back to back and she's coming off a win. All right. I mean, she lost by a head back in July at Del Mar to Javanica. So that would have been four out of uh, four wins out of five races. So yeah, I see that. But I'm just saying she had a win and a loss okay. and a win and a loss right. and a win. And now she's maybe right. going to have a loss you're because p- of that. You're picking nits. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, Michelle, it, it, we got an exciting weekend. We talked to Bill Strauss. What else do we have going on in the horse racing? Do we need to catch up on anything that we missed over our little break? Oh, my gosh. I mean, we missed a lot, I feel like, but I tried to really not pay too much attention to what we missed. Um, I can't imagine why, Michelle. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. I don't Tom think anybody Rosario, wants to hear. Who's injured, actually, is going to be returning riding January 14th. Okay, where is he returning riding? Uh, that is an excellent question, Billy. Um, it appears that he is going to be returning um, to Oakland. Oh, right. He's planning on going to Oakland anyway. His, his base. Okay. What else you got that's that's good news? Let's stay away from the bad news. Um, just kind of cool on the undercard for opening day is Beholder's First Full is going to make his debut. His name is QB1. That stands for Queen B or Queen Beholder, which was her nickname. I thought it was quarterback. Um, well, yeah, but QB was for Queen Queen B, which is what the holder's nickname was. I know. You're. Why are you gonna kill all my news? <laughs> I am not. It, interesting that uh, Mandela goes to Kyle Frey here. I saw that. And- <laughs> oh, who is dog, that? Hot dog. Spencer's doing the hot dog dance right now. Oh, He's just Spencer. starting to watch Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, and he does a really good job at it. Yeah. Hot dog, hot dog. All right. Uh, not only did he tap Kyle, Kyle to ride that horse. Yes, hot dog, hot dog, <laughs> this hot is the dog, greatest. Dog. This is the okay. greatest podcast ever. Um, but I saw that he got um, Tyler Bays to ride his colt in the stake. Extra hope. So spreading some love around there. Spreading some love uh, to, to the Jack Carava, uh, Frey, Bays combo. In addition to the amazing racing card that we have lined up for opening day, Billy, I do want to tell you other things going on at Santa Anita. Okay. In the infield is going to be the family fun zone. We also have the opening day craft beer and cider festival and, of course, the wall calendar giveaway. We're going to be having the golden hour pick four and the golden hour double. There's the opening day handicapping challenge. There's going to be a Santa Anita barbecue. Uh, There's the opening day front runner curated by Jeremy Fall, although I'm not entirely sure what that is it sounds interesting and also the mathis brothers plush horse it is a 20 dollars donation to karma which does support our racehorses in their second or maybe even third careers so it's worth it the plush is big and soft and really cute and it lasts a long time and then you're doing something uh good for the horse so can i I buy michelle can i buy those for uh your kids for my christmas yes You 100% can. All right. You consider it done. You have two of those. Michelle, it's always great to talk to you. 
I'm so glad we're back. I miss doing the show. Thank you to Bill Strauss. Thank you to everybody at In The Money uh, Media Network for uh, putting this platform on. They actually, oh, congratulations to uh, Pete and uh, JK for, for, for winning the most popular podcast on America's, yes. what was that? I don't even know what it was. ABR, America's Best Racing, yeah. Fan Choice Awards. Yeah, Fan Choice. I'm a little disappointed in our audience that we didn't get any votes, or maybe we did. Uh, I don't, well, can we get the so, results of that? Do we get any votes? To be fair, they didn't like, it's not like open to anything. They give you like a list. So you got to talk to ABR about getting our name on there. All right. We got to improve the show next year. We're going to do everything we can. We're going to be back next Tuesday to recap all these races on opening day. We'll have a great guest. Maybe one of the winners will join us. Uh, and we'll do our new year's resolutions next week. Even though we got a great one from Bill Strauss today, Michelle, uh, I'm so looking forward to seeing you on Sunday. I can't wait. And um, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and uh, and Happy Opening Day. Yay, looking forward to all those things. And uh, big hugs to, to you and Kathy, Billy. We'll, we'll, I will do that. I'm going to see her in a minute. We're about to order some, some, uh, some order in tonight. My mom is here in Kentucky. What? Yeah, and my kids and my puppies. Then. Yeah, we're, we're having a great time here in Kentucky, but I can't wait to get back home for opening day. And um, I forgot to mention uh, all of our social media, Michelle, uh, the Michelle U at BKLRF uh, at own a horse. If you are interested in uh, uh, getting we need suggestions for the show. I mean, we wanted to build we did kind of a wink wink and brought on Bill Strauss today because he's been such a big fan of the show all year. Uh, but if anybody has any ideas or has suggestions, Michelle's going to put up some polls. Maybe do a poll. Okay. I don't know what kind of poll we should put up. How about a New Year's re- oh, What about best New Year's resolutions next week? We'll do that. And then All we can right. read them. Horse racing New Year's resolutions. Sounds good. And then put up who's going to win the Malibu. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, I'll Michelle. Ha- have a, uh, I can't wait to see you. I'll see you on Sunday. Yay! Bye, everybody.